I am so glad that you are joining me this weekend at Life Church. Whether you're joining online or at your one of our campuses at Appleton, Germantown, Brookfield, or Milwaukee, delighted to have you this weekend. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to get there in just a minute. I'm also going to be going into the book of John today. I'm going to kind of take us a bit on a journey as we are in our series, Motley Crew. And we've been talking about the disciples and how they are just kind of this very eclectic group of individuals that Jesus brings together to ultimately change the world. And next weekend is Easter. And I know that you've gotten some videos on that. You've seen some things on that. Do not forget, next weekend is Easter. And so we're going to conclude this series. And it's going to be an incredible message as we talk about the grace of God and how God works in all of our lives. Today, we're talking about Andrew. Andrew is the brother of Peter. And Andrew is as you're going to see today, was one of those relational connectors. He is constantly introducing someone to Jesus. Multiple times throughout Scripture we see this over and over and over. It's, it's in a way that like none of the other disciples do. Now, Andrew is a fisherman by trade. That's what, he, that's what he did. He and his brother, Simon Peter, they were fishermen. They were commercial fishermen. They were, this was their profession. And so they're on the Sea of Galilee in the Judean countryside outside of Jerusalem. That's where they made their living. And uh, he encounters Jesus. And what's interesting is that Andrew never stops fishing. I'm going to explain that in just a minute. He never stops fishing. So I want to begin today with when Andrew, not when he meets Jesus, we're gonna talk about that in a minute, but when Andrew is called by Jesus. Check this out, Matthew chapter four, if you have it in your Bible, if you don't, it's gonna be on the screen for you. Matthew chapter four, starting in verse 18. And as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Another translation says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, uh, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat and their father Zebedee preparing their nets. And Jesus called to them and immediately, immediately they left their boat and their father and they followed him. This is kind of that account of these men and their calling from Jesus and how radical it was. I want to look at a couple of things in the life of Andrew today as we kind of look at this and we apply it in our own world. Andrew was transformed from a fisherman to a fisher of men. From a fisherman, that's the way you would say it, to a fisher of men. Look back at verse 18 and 19. And as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Verse 19, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. We see that Andrew is good at fishing, not just fishing commercially for fish in the Sea of Galilee, but we're going to show this today with people. Andrew constantly, constantly is bringing people to Jesus. He was a connector relationally. He was constantly saying, hey, just come and meet this man. Hey, come and, and or Jesus, I found this person. Constantly. And again, I'm going to unpack that in a minute. But I want you to see there's a transformation between his vocation, between his career as a fisherman to being a fisher of men. 
and he never stops. God uses this ability that he has to fish, if you would, for kingdom influence. This is kind of how God works in our lives when he calls us to do something for him, when he calls us to, to minister in a particular way. Maybe it's leaving a career behind and going and following Jesus into vocational ministry. Maybe you stay in your career, but he, you, you become a Christ follower and that, that ministry is activated. And what God does, he doesn't take away from your, your, your giftings or your abilities, but rather he uses your natural giftings and your natural abilities and he leverages those and he uses those for kingdom benefit. I say that because sometimes I think, sometimes we think, well, if I'm really going to be devoted to Christ or I'm really going to, to have a, a ministry, it's got to feel really spiritual. It's got to be something that, well, it's just got to be something that feels really spiritual. Like I, I need to pray or I got to preach or teach the Bible or I've got to. And the truth of the matter is, is that whatever it is that God has gifted you to do, maybe you're really good with your hands. You're a mechanic, you're an engineer. Maybe it's your intellect and the way you think and the way you process. Maybe you're really good with finance and with business. When God calls you into ministry, and we know that all of us as Christ followers are called into ministry, whether it's vocationally, which means that's where you derive your income, your living, or whether you're, you're, you're to the called to the marketplace, which means you, you work in the real world, if you would. That's what my dad would say. You work in the real world, and, and God's called you there. He uses your giftings, your talents, and your abilities that you use at work like he did with Andrew, like he did with Peter, like he does with James and John. This, this ability to fish, he uses that same ability to now use that, to leverage that ability now to do kingdom work, which is to fish for men. So never think that, well, God can't use what I do or, or man, I'm, I, I, you know, I work in the trades or, or, or I work in business and finance or I'm an attorney. How could God use those gifts and ability? And don't try to necessarily spiritualize those. Again, what Andrew does, what you're going to see, is not an over-spiritualization. It's just who he is. He is a connector. He goes from being a fisherman to a fisher of men. And fishing is something that he never stops doing. Andrew, secondly, takes his calling really seriously. He took his calling seriously. Look back at verse 22. And immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. They leave everything and follow Jesus everything. They leave the boat. What does that mean? That means they left their business. They left it all. They, they completely leave it and they just follow Jesus. It's that radical. It truly is that radical. You can go, well, but that was the first century and whatever. This is their livelihood. This is how they made their living. They would go fish. They would sell the fish. Then they would clean the nets and do all that stuff. And then they would go home and they, and, and they would eat and sleep because they, they, they would go out in, the, in basically kind of the middle of the night in the early morning and they would go fish. And then they would come back and they would do that all over again every day except for the Sabbath. Six days a week is what they did. This was their trade. And probably it was their father's trade. Well, we see the father is there. This is a family business and they leave it. Could you imagine whatever it is that you're doing, you just walk away. You just, you don't sell it. You don't, you, you don't, you, you don't divest yourself. You just literally just leave the nets on the shore and you go and follow Jesus. That's crazy. But that's what they did. 
Because they took this serious. They took this calling of God serious. They, they left the business. They didn't let these things of this world hold them back. They left family. Now, again, I'm not saying that you can't have family and have ministry. But I am saying there's some times where God asks you to walk away from people that you love. Um, not permanently, but for a season. And to go and to follow what he's called you to do. And that's not always comfortable. You know, I've lived two decades almost of my life, Tammy and I have, in a state that I'm not from. I, don't, I didn't know anybody prior to coming here. I have no family here. I have wonderful friends and a great church. Raised my girls here. Tammy and I did. We raised our daughters. Why? Because God called us here. God called us. And there are times where he calls you, and that means I don't get to see my family as much, and I don't get to see my brother and his family as much, or my brother-in-law and his family, or my, my in-laws as much. It just means this is part of the sacrifice of ministry. And when you follow Jesus, and you take that calling from Jesus seriously, sometimes there are sacrifices, things that you love, that you give up, not permanently, but at least for a season. They followed him. They left everything and followed him. Serious calling. But look at who Andrew brings to Jesus. I keep saying that he's this connector. And he's, he's connecting and constantly. The first person that he brings is his brother, Peter. So go to John's Gospel, chapter 1. This is the first time they meet Jesus. Now, when we have been reading in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, that's the calling. They'd already met Jesus at this point. They, they would have already met him. They knew who he was. They heard him probably teach in the synagogue. They had, they had seen him around. They knew who he was. So the first time that they meet him, he's not just walking by saying, hey, guys, leave everything and follow me. No, they've already met him. But how did they meet him? So Peter, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. He is the leader of the New Testament church, or he will become the leader of the New Testament church. So how does Peter meet Jesus? Does Jesus directly go to Peter? Nope. Jesus first meets Andrew, Peter's brother, and then Andrew brings Peter to Jesus. Check this out. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 35. The next day, John was there with two of his disciples. This is John the Baptist. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And, and when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They, and they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, we, where are you staying? He said, come, he replied, and you will see. And so they went and they saw where he was staying. They spent the day there with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Verse 40, and Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was go find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he, Andrew, brought him, Peter, to Jesus. This passage right here, we have, a, we have kind of a, a concept that we do at Life Church built on this passage, which is called invest and invite. It's what we say all the time, invest and invite. So invest in people relationally. Just love people right where they are. Whether it's, it's a person at your, your favorite restaurant, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's a coworker, whether it's a family member or a friend. It, maybe it's just somebody that you, you meet at the gym. Just begin to be kind and, and warm and friendly without any strings attached. And then out of those relationships, 
you then begin to invite a time that you think is right for that person or you think would be appropriate for that individual, you begin to invite them to come and see. That's all Andrew does. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't tell everything that he heard that day. He, he doesn't say, hey, I was with John the Baptist and John's teaching this and I went and, and followed Jesus for a while and I spent the day with him at his house and, and I did that. And now let me tell you, he said this and this and this. He just goes to Peter, his brother and says, Peter, you've got to come and you've got to meet. You've got to see. You've got to, I want to introduce you to Jesus. I just want to invite you. There is no greater time than this next seven days from Palm Sunday weekend to Easter Sunday weekend that you have in our Christian calendar and our world than this next seven days to be like Andrew and just invite people that you've invested in relationally. To invite people that you've invested in relationally. Friends, family members, coworkers, whatever. And you just simply say, hey, I just want to invite you to come with me to Life Church. I want you to invite you to come, even if it's online. Maybe you're watching online, you're just going, man, I, with the pandemic and with coronavirus, I'm still kind of wigged out. No worries, no problem. Invite them to come to a weekend service online virtually. You know, we find here all the time that people check out Life Church online. Maybe that's you today. You're checking things out online before you ever come to a physical location. And hey, you may never come to a physical location. Again, we would love to see you. We'd love to have you. But whether you're, you're joining us digitally and virtually or you're in person, however you choose, we're glad to have you. And the truth of the matter is, is that somebody probably told you, somebody probably sent you a link. There was some connection and you checked it out. But most people, before they ever come live, they come virtually. So invite someone to Easter Sunday, virtual or in person, but find someone you've invested in. And this is another thing that we see that Andrew does and that I think is so important is that I'm constantly remembering I am, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am called to not fish for fish, but to fish for men. And so what I want to do is I constantly want to connect people and introduce people that I've invested in relationally to meet Jesus. The easiest way to do that is in a weekend service at Life Church. Every weekend service, we go about in such a way, whether you've been to church a lot or you've never been before, to try to explain things, to welcome you, to welcome people, to welcome your friends and your family, and, and have them at a place where the only thing that we strive for that would be even offensive at all would be the gospel. And that's just because that's, that's what it is. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and His name is Jesus. But everything else, we do our very, very, very best in order to love and care and give VIP treatment to everybody who comes to the door, regardless who they are, regardless what their background is. Because you, the greatest compliment you give me as a pastor is that you invite someone to a weekend service at Life Church. Why? Because that means, hey, I, I trust the environment. I trust what's going on. So I encourage you. This is exactly where we get this from. This is exactly what's happening is that Andrew has encountered Jesus and he wants his brother to meet him and he connects him to Jesus. Andrew also brings, brought the boy with five loaves and, 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 and bread and uh, a bread and two fish to Jesus. He, he brings the boy with five loaves of bread and two fish to Jesus. Look at it in John's gospel, chapter six, verse five 
through 9. When Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where should we buy bread for all these people? And, and he asked this only to test him, for he already had in his mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one of these to have a bite. And another one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, hey, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Again, he's connecting people to Jesus. So it's interesting. He brings his family to Jesus through Peter. He's now bringing this young boy, this next generation. He, he's not just like in one particular group of people. Hey, I just want to bring my family to Jesus. I'm not really worried about anybody else. He's constantly finding these other people, this next generation, this young person to Jesus. He, 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 he doesn't stop there. Look at this. Andrew brings the curious Greeks to Jesus. It's in scripture, John chapter 12. Verse 20 and 21 and 22, it says, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival, and they came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in, in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. And Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. They're bringing people that are on the outside to Jesus. They're bringing people that aren't, aren't, aren't Jewish men and women to Jesus. They're, they're bringing outsiders to Jesus. Can I just stop for a minute and just say, look at this. Andrew is bringing his brother, Peter, to Jesus. It's his family. He's bringing the boy with, 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 uh, with the loaves of, of bread and, and fish to Jesus, that next generation. He's bringing people that are not in his regular sphere of influence. He's just connecting in all these different sectors. Again, God is using his ability to fish, in essence, but not fish for fish, but to fish for men. He uses that ability, that, 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 that connecting, that ability to bring them to Jesus. I wonder what would happen in your world and in our church if you use the God-given abilities and talents that he's given you, whatever it may be, for his glory. That, that's what Andrew does. That's what Andrew teaches us. Because some of you, I can, I can just think, well, you go, man, I'm an introvert. And I don't really talk to people. And I, you can still be kind. You can still be nice. You can still invest in people and you still have friends. Amen? If you don't have but one friend, I'm your friend. So at least you got one friend. All right, there we are. You can invest and invite. But whatever it is, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, wherever you are on the ideogram, I can't keep up with all of this kind of stuff. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, wing. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter. What is the giftings and the ability that God has given you? Whatever that is, use that for the kingdom. What does it look like in the local church? What does it look like for eternity if you and I just use the gifts and the talents and the abilities that we have? Not try to spiritualize them, just use them. This is what Andrew does. He's a connector. He's relationally connected and he's investing and inviting, investing and inviting. Whether it's his family, whether it's the next generation or whether it's skeptics and outsiders like the Greeks that we read here in John's gospel chapter 12. He's investing and he's inviting. He's simply bringing them to Jesus. How would it change your world? How would it change our world? How would it change the kingdom and eternity if we just did that? Because I understand in this day and age, trying to explain everything in the Bible and trying to explain this and explain that, you just go, man, I just don't know. And so a lot of times we just don't say anything. But again, 
We believe that church exists for lost people. Jesus said he came to seek and save that which is lost. And so we do everything in a weekend with that in mind, that as you bring people, as you invite people that you're relationally invested in, then on the weekend, it's kind of like when, 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 when Andrew invites Peter to meet Jesus, Jesus does the work. When you invite people that you are invested in, you invite them to come to a life church service, Jesus will do the rest of the work. You don't even have to preach the sermon or do the altar call. And maybe it takes weeks or months or years. Totally fine. Maybe the best thing for them to come to is not a weekend service. Maybe it's an event. Maybe it's something that's fun. Maybe it's an outreach. Maybe it's just whatever. It doesn't, again, you figure out what works. But again, when you invite someone you're invested in relationally, all of a sudden, Jesus does the work. In every one of these situations, with Peter, Jesus saves him and he calls him. With the boy, with, with the, 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 the young boy with, the, with loaves in the fish, he takes it, he multiplies it, he uses it, and he blesses it. Man, what a story he had. And with the outsiders, Jesus interacts with them in a way that changes their lives. See, Jesus took a fisherman and he made him a better fisher of men. That's what Jesus does. He takes you and he takes me right where we are and he makes us better. Because now he takes what we do and doesn't use it for something that's temporal. Just a fish for today that I'm going to eat today, that I'm going to sell fish today, that I'm going to basically get up and do this again tomorrow. But it becomes eternal, everlasting. Andrew's love for fishing never left him. Just what he was fishing for changed. That was it. So today on this Palm Sunday weekend, I challenge you. Who are you relationally connected in? Family member, friend, coworker, neighbor. A buddy that you work out with or someone that you go shopping with or who is it that you can simply Invite the next seven days. I triple dog dare you to be like Andrew and do that. Just invite someone to Easter. Begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, I just don't know whom and who he'll, he'll reveal it to you. Again, if you ask the Lord, he'll speak. And you know what's cool about all this as I read this? is uh, Peter will go on, and Peter is, will be the leader of the New Testament church. Peter will, God will use him in an amazing way. I mean, 3,000 people get saved when he preaches on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 alone. So let's just say that Peter leads a million people to Jesus, let's just say. He introduces a million people to Jesus. Do you know who introduces more people to Jesus than Peter? Andrew. Because ever, so ever how big the number is that Peter introduces to Jesus, Andrew has one more because Andrew was the one that introduced Peter to Jesus. And without Andrew introducing Peter to Jesus, well, there is no leader of the New Testament church, this disciple called Simon Peter. This one that's probably spoken about more than any other disciple 
in the entire New Testament. The one that will be on the inner circle. Remember, Andrew's not on the inner circle. Jesus had John the Beloved and James and Peter. But Andrew is part of the 12, but he's not on the inner circle. That's okay. Because you know what? He brought his brother. He introduced him to Jesus. And regardless how great that (laughs) Peter's ministry is, Andrew is given credit for all of that in eternity and even more because he introduced him to Jesus. I wonder who in your sphere of influence that you might introduce to Jesus, that you might invest in and invite to even a weekend service, that they in turn are someone that, who knows, God uses them in a radical and amazing way. Maybe they go on to do amazing things for the kingdom of God in this incredible way. Who knows? Maybe it's a kid you go to school with. Maybe it's someone in college that you're in a class with. Maybe it's a buddy or a friend or a neighbor or a coworker or a family member. And all of a sudden, God does something amazing. Can I just tell you? Great's your reward. Great is your reward. Because you're the one that introduced them to Jesus. This isn't a contest. But we want to lead as many people to Jesus as we can. Because he changed us. This week, the next seven days, invest and invite someone just like Andrew did to meet Jesus. Invite them to a weekend service. Invite them to Easter. Let them hear the change, the transformative message of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I just thank you today. And I pray, God, your blessings be upon your people. And I pray, Lord, that you would just bring to our mind and to our remembrance people that we have relationally invested in, the Simon Peters in our world. Maybe it's the boy with the fish. We can't remember their name, but, but we know them. And maybe it's someone who's a skeptic and outsider like the Greeks in John chapter 12, but that we would bring them to you. God, help us to remember that you saved us. Lord, we are recipients of your grace. And so to whom much is given, much is required. And therefore, Lord, we go and we invest and we invite. God, I pray these next seven days crown our efforts to success. Not about numbers, but about people, about lives changed. And I thank you once again, Lord, for your word, for the example that it is to all of us. That we are all called to be like Andrew, to be fishers of men. In Jesus' name, amen.